This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, October 7, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. William F. Buckley helped create the modern conservative movement, but even Buckley found himself at odds with modern conservatives in his later years. Jeremy Lott is author of the book William F. Buckley, part of the Christian Encounters series, published by Thomas Nelson. We spoke last week. William F. Buckley is credited with helping foster this strong uh, intellectual uh, aspect to conservatism and, and I guess helping define modern conservatism. What was it that he helped uh, create? How would people today think about what he uh, helped create in the 50s? There were various strains of conservative thought going into uh, the 50s, but they weren't put together. And with National Review and with Young Americans for Freedom and with some of the other things that he worked to put together, he helped to build a conservative movement that you see today. Uh, You know, you can't these days walk the streets of D.C. without uh, being able to spot a conservative here or there. Um, That that would have been inconceivable uh, before Buckley and before uh, the conservative movement that he founded. The conscience of a conservative comes out. Uh, and yeah. sort of helps the, the group of people sort of coalesce around uh, Barry Goldwater, which was, you know, yeah. a, a, a bad election, suffice it to say, for, for Goldwater. But it was a good election for conservatism because it, it showed that there was a, 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 a uh, <clears throat> floor of support for conservatives that you could build on. And that proved to be very, very important. Uh, you know, the, the two the National Review people, when they endorsed Goldwater, they didn't think he could win, but they thought we need to at least get this out there and try it and start making the case. Uh, and I'll also point out that The Conscience of a Conservative was written by Brent Bazell, uh, who was at that time, I think, the national something editor at National Review. They, they said, well, go ahead and take some time off and write this. So Buckley's magazine then uh, helped get a lot of people together that then went on to have much larger impacts. Oh, absolutely. In, in this book, I, I treat the magazine is only part of what Buckley was doing. Uh, most of the treatments of Buckley tend to focus an awful lot on National Review. I do. That's part of the story. But I, I, you know, National Review was not something that he set out to found. He tried to take over three other magazines before he even, uh, you know, decided to found National Review. Uh, and it was just seen as part of a larger thing that he was trying to do. You said that Buckley wanted to endorse Richard Nixon in 68. How yes. did that shake out? Well, they, they endorsed him. He, he won by the narrowest of margins. And uh, uh, Nixon paid Buckley back in a number of ways. He, he made him uh, an, an ambassador to the United Nations, for instance, um, and tried very hard to uh, court National Review. Uh, and I don't think that worked out very well in the long run for, for National Review uh, or for Buckley. You know, they, they, they were seen to have uh, thrown in with a uh, very unsavory character for dubious reasons. And uh, for that reason, when uh, Reagan comes around and who is a friend of uh, Buckley's, uh, Buckley says, I'm not going to take a job in your administration. And so then Reagan said to him, well, that's too bad because I was going to make you uh, ambassador to Afghanistan. And Buckley famously said, well, as long as I can take, you know, 10 legions of, of troops as bodyguards. <laughs> Buckley's opinions on war uh, seem to have changed in his, his yeah. later years, especially our entanglements in Afghanistan and, and Iraq. They, they came back to what, what his original take on the world was. I mean, the, he had a sailboat. His first boat was called Sweet Isolation. Uh, 
in uh, sort of an homage to his family's isolationist policies. They were his dad was part of the America First Committee, um, leading into World War II. That that of course didn't want America into World War II, and then of course disbanded the second that Pearl Harbor happened because that you know there was no chance of not getting into the the, the war at that point. Um, and then after that happened, the um, a lot of conservatives said. Uh, look, we're normally not in favor of uh, thrashing about in the world, but communism is different. And so, you know, we do need to have a big army to try to combat communism. And, and uh, <clears throat> Buckley was, of course, one of many of, of those conservatives who were making that case. And uh, But then this funny thing happened, and, and the Berlin Wall fell down, and the Soviet Union is no more, and what do you do now? And a lot of conservatives are still stuck in sort of a Cold War mode. They've simply taken that and superimposed that with the war on terror, which I think is a really bad idea. And Buckley came to think that was a really bad idea as well. Um, he initially supported and then opposed uh, the war in Iraq, for instance. Uh, he, um, there, his 11th, he, he was obviously a spy novelist in addition to being a right-wing polemicist, and he brought his character back uh, and uh, the, in an 11th book in the um, aughts, and the publisher was trying to push him to insert this character into uh, the War on Terror, and Buckley said, you know, that, that's crazy. There's no way I want to do that, and he found a way to bury him in the Cold War instead. How did his views diverge from, I guess, what would come to dominate the views that were expressed in National Review? You know, they, they they diverged even while he was still nominally in charge. I, I, he, for instance, was for in favor of ending the the Cuban embargo, um, and they wanted to keep it going. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of minor things where where he would lark off and decide he wanted to do something different. Um, but I think a lot of it, especially toward the end, uh, in his book on Reagan, for instance, he rethought you know uh, the idea of a nuclear deterrent, even. Uh, you know that, that that's anathema to uh, what National Review is about. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a very uh, no, it's not as pro-war, for instance, as the Weekly Standard is, but it's uh, it's a very pro-war publication. And and uh, you know, Buckley really wasn't so much about war by the time he died. One of Buckley's books was called Memoirs of a Libertarian Journalist. Yes, and uh, this was among myself and my various high school friends who read National Review uh, was heartening to me and disheartening to them. Okay. That is, it was my understanding that Bill Buckley was a libertarian. It was their understanding that he was a conservative Republican. Yeah. Fusionism is an attempt to, uh, I guess, rationalize the relationship between libertarians and conservatives. Where does he fit in there? Yeah. What, what fusionism, it begins with a question, and that question is, what is virtue? And, and there are a lot of answers to that question, but uh, one answer they throw out is, is something uh, that is not freely chosen is not virtue. And so the state should not be in the business of trying to compel virtue. Uh, the libertarians and conservatives can work together to get the state out of the business of doing things that encourage vice, you know, for instance, welfare reform, things like that. Uh, uh, but the, the, we, we don't want a crusading state that tries to change people. 
Uh, and that idea has sort of animated conservatism, and it led in the uh, early 90s to National Review even coming out against the war on drugs. In fact, Buckley, if I recall correctly from that, that era, he said something to the effect of, I think that illegal drugs should cost no more than rat poison. <laughs> that is, let's take the profit out of it, and if you want to go kill yourself, that's just fine. That's right. And he, he would make a distinction and said, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, things can be, uh, should be, uh, can be legal without being honorable. And he said in a debate with Jesse Jackson, for instance, it, it, you know, it should be legal to cast, cast a vote for Jesse Jackson, but it is certainly not honorable. Conservatism today you said he's contributed to some of the things that he probably wouldn't like. Yeah. Uh, how? Well, I mean, the I think that, for example, the uh, Cold War uh, mentality carrying on, I mean, they created this superstructure to fight, uh, this intellectual superstructure to fight uh, the communism. Well, okay, then communism got beat, and then you still have this thing in place that continues to rumble on, and and he very much wanted to pull back and just to stop that. And conservatism hasn't rethought that very well. Jeremy Lott is author of William F. Buckley. You can read more on conservatism and libertarianism at our website, cato.org.